UVA basketball news and notes. Chris Graham here. It's exam week. Everybody takes exam week. Virginia Tech, for example, is playing Saturday up in Brooklyn. Uh, I think VCU is playing this weekend. There's a lot of college basketball going on. But Virginia takes the exam break. They've done this as long as I remember. And it's an 11-day break for the Hoos after the win over JMU on Tuesday night. A 55-50 win. Virginia limping into their exam break. Literally, actually. Lead guard, Reese Beekman. You might remember he got injured uh, slightly in the uh, Michigan game last week. The win at Michigan, he, he sprained his ankle in the second half. Um, finished out that game after getting retaped, but um, he was noticeably limping throughout 31 minutes of the Florida State win, 62-57, uh, over the weekend. And he only played four minutes on Tuesday night, and it wasn't the ankle. He actually sprained – or not sprained. He, he tweaked – I hate the word tweaked. He pulled something in his hamstring. He was grabbing his hamstring when he got up after making a fast break layup, taking a tumble to the floor. No call. There weren't you know, actually a lot of – a lot of GMU action at the basket defensively and not a lot of calls as far as that goes. Um, but he, he went to the locker room, came back out with an ice pack on his leg. It was clear as soon as you grab, as soon as he grabs hamstring, you don't play with a hamstring. You can, you can tape up an ankle. You can't really do much for a hamstring. You can't, you can't take off. You can't do a lot of stuff. So um, Virginia had to gut that one out. And, and the bulk of that came down on Kia Clark, who only got one minute and four seconds of, of bench time in that one. And you kind of see that when he missed all those free throws in the second half, uh, that was, that was fatigue. I mean, it's, you know, no excuse in one sense, but that's the reason that uh, you saw Beekman, excuse me, Clark, Clark still finished with 18.7 assists in the game. He's the guy who carried the load in the absence of Beekman. That's a pretty good JMU team. We should say, uh, you know, not to, uh, make more excuses for Virginia, but that JMU team is favored to win the Sun Belt this year. Coach Mark Byington, a long ago former Virginia basketball staff member, he wasn't technically assistant. He served for a couple of years on the staff of Pete Gillen when uh, when Byington was there trying to get his and working towards his master's degree at UVA. Um, served uh, in in um, staff roles as he was working his way up the coaching ladder. Uh, Byington's got himself a team that, um, again, favored to win the Sun Belt. Uh, if they win the Sun Belt based on where they are right now, I was just looking at the kenpom.com, uh, you know, ratings. And, um, when you look at, uh, people with similar profiles, teams with similar profiles from last year, uh, where they're rated, they're, they're currently 74th in the ratings. A 74 would probably get you a 12 seed. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about 12 seeds, there's always that that famous 12-5 upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament. There's at least one of those every year. Um, that's the kind of team that JMU is. That's, that's the kind of team Virginia had to beat without its best player. Um, and so that's um, that's admirable on Virginia's side to get the win. You know, I, I, I want to give JMU some credit here. They they were also under the weather. That's, you know, they had all their guys, but uh, they they're, they're got, uh, a lot of their guys, or a few of their guys at least, playing with uh, th through the end of um, about with the flu that uh, the team sort of picked up and passed around after a road trip back last month, um, only shot 27.3% from the floor and able to make this a game. Uh, it was a, a one possession game late before Virginia was able to pull away a Ryan Dunn driving layup inside the last minute that uh, gave Virginia a slight bit of breathing room. Virginia still had to get two stops late to close it out. Um, JMU, yeah, I think that they're a team that's uh, that's going to be special. Uh, you know, they came in averaging 93.3 points per game 
uh, on 73.1 possessions per game. And this game only played to 60 possessions. And, and you know, for JMU to, to play with Virginia, the number three team in the country, uh, as long as they did, um, shooting 27.3%, man, you got to give them credit. You know, that that's that's the kind of thing that will pay dividends in March, um, assuming this team is able to, to get into the tournament. They may pull an upset or two. Uh, they certainly seem capable if they can stay healthy. That's a, that's a long time still until March. Uh, I'm looking at my calendar. It's December 8th. Um, let's see, January, February, March. It's three months until um, even conference tournaments, three three months and a week or so until the NCAA tournament would start. Um, but stay healthy, and this GMU team might be making some noise, um, at least has a chance to make some noise. Um, one bit of news with Virginia that I thought would be interesting to get into Um involves uh because we'll talk more i'll be writing some more stories i'm kind of parceling them out slowly we have this exam break to go through um and i want to have some content and also give it proper oxygen i guess i'm really it's more just a matter of giving it uh giving myself something to write every day but um virginia um you know we'll be writing about reese beekman and the impact of his his injury his prognosis for recovery um we'll look at um tony bennett and his decision to um, go with a certain lineup at the end of the game. And he, he talked about how that was a lineup that was winning and reminded me of a game from past a couple years ago where he, he went with a different lineup and, and, and uh, won a game with a surprising group. Um, but um, I, I examined um, yesterday uh, the Virginia offense, you know, where, when I'm on press row at, at UVA games at JPJ, it's not like back in the old, old days, on at university hall, you sat there courtside. And so you had the view where you're looking out and one basket's over here, one basket's over here. And, um, you know, you get the center court view that you kind of get when you're watching at home at JPJ, we're seated up in the stands behind one of the baskets. We're seated behind the Virginia basket. If you want to say the the basket on the side of Virginia's bench. And so for what's that? It's the 17th season now. You know, we we media people watch the game sort of from behind the play, um, almost more like a, well, you know, it's 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 definitely more like you'd you'd want to see plays developing. They they come right at you or they go away from you. You can see the defensive alignments, how the offensive plays work. I actually kind of, I mean, now that I'm sitting there, at first I didn't like it. I didn't like sitting on the not sitting on the floor. Um, certainly back in 2006 when we were first presented with this, <laughs> this is the way things go. Um, I love it now because you can see things develop so much better, I think. Um, and so um, I've noticed the last two games that, uh, you know, s- sitting there in the arena and watching it oblong, if you want to say, if it's what I want to say, um, that Virginia's offense is not what it's been in past years in terms of the, the sets. Virginia famously has run for many years under Tony Bennett, the, what's called the mover blocker or sides offense that involves basically the two bigs, the four and the five, um, your power forward and center in, in um, old terminology. Uh, those guys uh, setting screens, either lane wide, as it's called, basically on either side of the, the, the lane, you know, underneath the basket free throw line, um, either low or high, you know, low being right at near the basket or in that area on the baseline high being more towards the foul line elbow, you know, even, even further out towards the three point line, or you can do extended, you know, kind of spread the guys out a little bit more or have one guy sort of close to the basket under the basket the other guy, maybe uh, elbow area further out, you know, or, or vice versa. I mean, just combinations there, but basically two, two guys setting screens, right. The two bigs, four and five setting screens and, and the, 
you have three guards, a point guard, and then two other guards. Virginia basically plays three guards, two forwards. Um, your three guards, two, two, the two without the ball, are running off screens being set by those bigs. And then if, if one gets the pass, they have the option to either curl off the screen and try to go to the basket, uh, flare out for perhaps a, a three-point shot or you know just dribbling around and maybe dumping it into uh, the post if the post guy is open. Um, there's the pocket pass. Uh, that's uh, that's out. there's there's a few different options. All, there, basically, it's a permutation kind of thing. You may after the first pass, everything else kind of flows from there. Um, now Virginia is playing. In, you, know, you know, I noticed it early in the season that they were using these sets more often than I'd ever seen them before. But in, in essence, the two bigs are now uh, both kind of fleshed out near the three point line around the circle there. You know, the top of the key, which is now just a little bit inside the three-point line. And those two guys are there to set screens. The, the point guard or the, or the ball handler, whoever that may be, decides to either go left, go right. The two shooters then are stationary in the corners, um, kind of like in the NBA to call the short corner. There's, there's no short corner in college basketball because the three-point line is the same distance all the way around. You might not have known this, but in the NBA, the three-point line actually curls in a little bit on the corner. So they, that's why they call it the short corner in the NBA. Um, and so those guys are there for kickouts, as we like to say, you know, if, if the ball handler gets around a screen and, you know, help comes down, he can kick it out to a, to a three point shooter on the opposite side. That's, that's one basic set we, we saw a lot of early in the season. The other being um, the, the usage of a guard and then another big to, to set a screen for either the power forward or the center. So, uh, and then get, and then dump the ball in the post and see what happens from there, either a, you know, a quick turnaround shot, post-up shot, uh, or a kick out to a, to a three-point shooter. Um, what's, what's interesting is the last two games, I, I, you know, I don't have stats on this. I don't, I haven't written it down. Hey, this possession, you know, they ran this offense, this possession, that one. Um, and you don't have anybody out there tracking this. Maybe I'll have to do this next home game, which is Houston coming up in a, in a few days uh, after the break here, nine days away. Um, but uh, um, I, I don't remember seeing any mover blocker. I did see some actions where there was some screening going on on one side of the floor, but basically most of what we've seen in the last two games has been shooters in the short corners um, and action with the two, or either two or three guys up top or that stuff with the post, with the screens down post in the post. Um, basically getting away on you know, at least the last two games completely from the mover blocker. Now, the first uh, six games of the season, Virginia ranked fourth in the country in offensive efficiency running permutations of this offense, right? I mean, 1.164 points per possession for Virginia. Um, it really, this offense really takes advantage, and it's designed to, to make life um, on the offensive end uh, better for Reese Beekman and thus the whole team. Beekman, a supreme talent of the ability for him to, to get to the rim, uh, makes it so the defenses really have to collapse on him. And if they don't, he gets to the rim. If they do, that leaves a shooter open somewhere. He finds the shooter. It's, it's, it's tailor-made to, to, to enhance uh, what Reese Beekman can do for Virginia basketball. We haven't had a lot of either good Reese Beekman because Reese was was noticeably hurt in that Florida State game and just wasn't the same. And then he was completely out for the JMU game. And so in those last two games, Virginia, which was averaging 1.164 points per possession, again, fourth in the country, last two games with him either damaged goods or um, uh, just not even around after the first four minutes, 
0.928 points per possession. That's 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 what Virginia's defense does to other teams. That's how we've seen two close games with with a Florida State team that had won one game coming into Virginia last weekend, and then a JMU team that they're an NCAA tournament team, but they're going to be a 12 seed um, if they do get that far. So, um, you know, I, I say all this to then say, man, you know, I never thought back in the days when Virginia ran almost exclusively the mover blocker um, to a point where sometimes when, you know, obviously other teams knew how to, to, to defend it or, or would, would have a good guess of how to defend it because they played against it a lot over the years that you'd say, man, why don't they put another, why don't they put something else in just to throw teams off a little bit? Um, now I'm wishing for some mover blocker to come back just to do something different because you could see it in both the Florida state and JMU games that, um, just like, you know, these, these sets that Virginia is using um, is, are, are basically NBA sets. I watch a lot of NBA because of all of our UVA guys in the NBA. Uh, I'm watching, you know, a couple games a night when I'm not covering Virginia basketball directly. Um, and you see these sets, and again, credit to Tony Bennett and his staff, they've, they've adjusted um, to the modern era, right? And, and they're using sets that, that work at the NBA level. But at the NBA level, defenses um, have shown that the way to defend those kind of plays is to switch on all screens and essentially you know instead of trying to fight through which is what virginia does with the pack line defense everybody fights through screens and, and does a great job with that. that's why virginia that's the basis of virginia's defense you fight through the screens um but at the nba level um you know you see switches on screens and so that that can give you some matchup advantages you can get Jaden gardner in the post on a 6-1 guard who's who's been forced to switch because of a screen and roll but you, you also see that, that that can tend to clog up the middle of the floor in those kind of situations and make it difficult. And we saw JMU basically playing um, their 6'8 center, sort of center field, and, and taking away every time there was an attempt to get the ball in the post to Jaden Gardner or to Ben Vanderplas or to Caden Shedrick, um, there, was, there was a help defender there. And Virginia hasn't quite gotten the, the feel offensively for how to, to approach that, right? And um, Jaden Gardner even said after the game um, that a reason for that is because when the rotation guys are pl- in practicing against each other and guys who are, you know, one of the friends of the rotation practicing against each other, they're, they're playing the pack line defense against Virginia. Right. And because that's, they, you know, when repetition, you, you want to re- you know, have repetition playing the pack line defense for the guys who are going to be playing in games. You don't want to have them playing other kinds of defenses um, that they're not going to be using in games. So, um, it's the scout team that's charged the guys who are, you know, the red shirts and then the guys who are out of the rotation, um, and the walk-ons that are, are, and, and the other practice players around the program that are charged with playing the, the, you know, to, to simulate what teams do to Virginia when they switch on screens. And, you know, you can, you, you get a feel for it, you get a look for it, but you know, those guys are, you know, those guys are, are, are not going to play it as well as the Florida States and JMUs of the world. So, uh, Gardner said that it's 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 it can be hard to replicate that in practice, and it's just going to come from playing games. And so, it's it's a long season. Again, I mentioned it's three weeks till or three months, excuse me, until uh, March Madness, you know, Selection Sunday, that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, there's plenty of time for Virginia to get this down. But right now, um, you know, you're seeing the sort of response from uh, opposing teams, and Virginia's got now got to develop its own counter. Um, it's kind of like in baseball. I like to use this analogy a lot. A uh, guy who hits home runs for a few weeks uh, when he gets an inside fastball, all of a sudden gets a lot of sliders away, low and away. 
um, and swings at them. And you got to adjust, you, you got to adjust and show you can hit that pitch. or they're going to keep throwing it till you tell you can't um, teams are going to, you know, use the switches against Virginia until Virginia shows that that's not going to be effective. And um, that's going to be the, that's going to be the solution eventually. So um, as uh, I'm recording this a couple hours away, I'll be talking with Jerry Ratcliffe. Uh, co-hosting his Jerry Ratcliffe show podcast. And so uh, please check that out both, uh, you know, if you've already subscribed to the podcast, if you um, uh, subscribed here on YouTube, please, uh, you know, feel free to, to join in there. We'll talk Virginia basketball, a little bit of Virginia football. Um, go to AugustaFreePress.com for the latest sports news. And if you have any questions for me, topics to address in the future, anything of that nature, email me at Chris at AugustaFreePress.com.